0: Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We're having a bit of a monsoon here in lovely Puerto Rico. So, Julie, welcome to today's podcast. I think I've unmuted you. Yes, I have.
1: (laughs) I guess it's it's back to hurricane season.
0: (laughs) Yes, evidently. So, listen, guys, um, we have an interview for you today, assuming David calls in. And once he does, we're going to start the interview. But for now... Um, I wanted to share with you some of the feedback we've been getting on some of the uh, the, the topic we've been doing lately with regards to money. I've been getting a lot of emails and calls, and by a lot I mean like, you know, more than 20, less than 100, somewhere in there. I don't really keep track. And a lot of folks, to a person actually, I haven't had one critical email of anyone that was being defensive about any of the things we were talking about. And I'm not sure what to think of that, (laughs) to be honest with you. Because in the past, when Julie and I have talked about this type of content, we've always had pushback, and now that we aren't getting pushback, it tells me that the marketplace, as far as what you guys are looking for from the people you trust for the sources of your information, you guys have, I think, been up and down the mountain, that you're realizing a lot of the things that Julie and I have been saying for all these years, that they're true. And I think some of you had to experience the bitter pain and the agony of defeat to realize that at the end of the day, if you want ever-increasing levels of success, it comes from doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level. And a lot of you were naturally attracted to the easy button things. A lot of you guys were, you know, rushing to the social networking and you were doing all these other types of things. But at the end of the day, I think you finally realize they have a place. They do have an – you can use them in your business to be sure. But to think that that, those are going to be the primary spokes in your business, that's just an exercise in futility. And so one of the things that I realized we hadn't done a very good job of is explaining where this. and this is where I, I – how I, most of you guys were asking me questions about, like, you understand what we were saying. You know what we were saying is true. Some of you have spent money trying to build these social networking, you know, presences, and you've even hired coaches, and you've believed in the fairy tales about social networking being the thing that's going to get you into the financial end zone. And you've then been bitter, uh, bitterly disappointed. And some of you have then had to you know, work through the emotional feelings of feeling like you failed. And what you don't realize and what a lot of you are, I think, hopefully going to understand is you need to forgive yourselves. You need to forgive yourselves that that stuff didn't work. You need to forgive yourselves, even if, like, some of you are uh, recovering team people. You know, you're on a team, you started a team, and the team didn't work out. Well, they don't work out, generally speaking, and if they do, they're incredibly unprofitable for the person that takes all the risk. So when you finally have the business maturity to admit that these things that you've been sold into believing are true don't work, don't blame you. Because if you start blaming you, what happens is your confidence erodes, and then you start in an in a, in a adult downward uh, failure spiral. Because then you start believing, well, if so and so made their social networking generate a bunch of leads, in other words, you believed a lie, if so and so is making a bunch of you know, videos and whatnot, and they're getting a whole bunch of business, at least that's what they say, and I'm not, well, there must be something defective with me. And I might tell you guys what's behind the curtain and all these types of things that, you're, that you've been led to believe we've had, from a coaching perspective, just I don't even know how many calls, not a small number, where we're going through the numbers with agents and brokers and these team leaders, and I have never, not once, found anybody that was making um, any, real, any real profit from their teams, but from the social networking stuff, here's how the conversation typically goes. And usually this type of conversation will happen in a live um, event where they don't have familiarity with us. And so someone will try to be confrontational with me, which is never a good idea. So they'll say, I get so so much business from, you know, how many transactions did you do? Well, I've done 30 deals. Okay, good. So where did this deal come from? All my deals come from Facebook, or three of them came from Facebook, four of them came from Instagram, five of them came from this, the other thing. Okay, good. So let's drill down. Were those people, and this is where it always goes, guys, because they can't drill down, because they don't know, they haven't, no one's taught them to drill down. So they don't know to actually ask the questions about where the business came from. So when we ask the drill-down questions and we actually get into them with them, what we discover almost always is their business is coming from primary, uh, primarily centers of influence and past clients. That's where most of you get your business. And then the social networking stuff covers up the fact that those people, like they may have seen you on Facebook, but there are also people that maybe you would have done business with you anyway, and you could have just picked up the phone and called them and not wasted all the time. Where you could have done something very basic to have gotten that same business from them. The problem, and here's where it gets kind of tricky, okay? When you rely on social networking to pri- be your be a primary source of business for you, and Julie, get ready to explain this, folks, your lead generation wheel. When sure. you when you when you count on that, what you're going to do is you're also going to put yourself in direct competition with other people that are trying to solicit your same centers of influence and in past clients. So then what does it become? A beauty contest to decide who the uh, customer is going to end up calling, who creates the most humorous content? See, this is the bullshit you guys are being told, right? You're also being told that there's some sort of war for content. Not those words, but I, I know what you're being told because I hear it. You tell me. You need to create you know, five new Instagram videos or Snapchats or, you know, go on Facebook or send out so many tweets. You actually think that the momentum and the, the uh, accumulation from all that digital stuff is going to be impactful more so than actually doing the real work in real estate. You've been lied to. Now, there is a place for it, maybe, but it doesn't have to be. What do I mean? If you were learn to do the, pro- the proactive lead generation, and you get really good at it, or you get moderately good at it, what you're going to discover is you probably won't ever want to do the social networking stuff. You won't want to waste your time with any of the branding stuff. You won't be so easily fooled because you know where your business came from. It came from your actual efforts. It didn't come from passive ways. Okay, so Julie, explain to them spokes and explain to them what spokes they should put on their wheel first.
1: All right, so spokes refer to our analogy analogy otherwise known as spokes in your lead generation wheel. So what do we mean by that? Let's forget about real estate for a second, and let's say that you are putting together a brand new bicycle. You've been looking forward to this thing. You unboxed it. You've got your parts and all of your instructions, and you put it together, but you're so excited about it that you just kind of basically put it together. You decide, I don't need the instructions, and it's good enough, and You know, never mind the fact that I've only got maybe one or two spokes in that front wheel. I'm going to take this thing out for a test drive. I've got tons of enthusiasm. I am taking it out. All right, great. So you're riding, and you're riding on a little bike path, and everything seems to be pretty fun, and it's all working out. But then you hit a little little rock. What do you do? You've only got one spoke and another one that's only barely screwed into that wheel. You wipe out. You skin your arms, your legs, and then you go back and you go. Maybe having more than one spoke in my wheel, maybe that's why the instructions were there. I need to actually follow that path and get more spokes in my wheel. So, in in real estate, one spoke wonder. We talk about this in the Harris Rules book. There's several stories of what we lovingly call the quote one spoke wonder. A one spoke wonder is somebody who relies on only one source and usually it's just past clients or something like that. We've had people that were very reliant on a relocation company and then lost that relationship. They were a one-spoke wonder. Some of you guys can't even identify it. The business just somehow kind of you luck into it. That's not even really a solid spoke. So let's instead think about if you had six or eight super solid titanium spokes where you followed the instructions of somebody who knows how to put the bike together, and you screwed them in correctly, you use the right tools, and now you take it out, not only are you going to take it out, but you're going to take it on a more treacherous path. You're going to be able to bob and weave and go over hills and go over rocks, and you're not going to wipe out. In fact, half the time you don't even realize there was a rock in the road. That's exactly like real estate. There's so many people trying to sell you on the magic, but you know, the, the shiny object that will solve all of your lead generation problems. This is the one thing that you're going to need, and then you'll be set. Well, they're, they're selling into your craving to be a one spoke wonder and to have one solution that will work for you. If that worked, everybody you knew would be talking about how all of that worked, and they only need that one spoke. Instead, what we coach you, what we teach you in our coaching, and in the Harris Rules book, and the Treasure Map, and everything else that we've done is to create multiple spokes on the wheel, on your lead generation wheel. So if all of a sudden, let's say the economy slows down a little bit, or maybe the major employer in your town decides to move somewhere else, and you were dependent on those fairly easy deals coming to you, their one-spoke wonder, well, if you are a one-spoke wonder, you're basically wiping out in that situation. But if you've got multiple spokes and you knew about things like expireds, probate for sale by owners, new construction, all sorts of other spokes that bring you business. Even well-done open houses can be a strong spoke. You've got three builder relationships that together create a huge spoke for you. Well, you know what? If that business dries up and goes out of town, that major employer, or if your local economy slows down and your, your fun moves, you know, people moving for fun, moving up just to get a, a, you know, a little bit better lifestyle, if that stops happening, you're still okay because you've got these other spokes that are working. Maybe today is not a past client center of influence repeat referral day like you've been relying on, but agents that have multiple spokes, they don't even notice it because all of Here's the hard calls that they've gotten out works.
0: Here's covered. the basic concept. Here's the concept, guys, is that if you had, if you, what would you pay for right now a list of 100 people that had to sell their houses? Not buyers. What would you pay for that list? If I could sell you right now a list of 100 people in your marketplace, you knew the address, you had pictures of the house, you knew what the price was, you knew what they owed, you know their names, you have their phone number. What would you pay for one of those leads? You know, it's funny. I asked that we question. We know what they pay. Uh, well. <laughs> Go ahead. You guys pay billions of dollars for leads. Those are the real numbers, guys. They're, they're in the billions of dollars per year. It's what you guys are paying for a lead. But here's the thing: seller leads, the best leads you can possibly buy, are are can buy. Listen, the best possible leads you can get are always free, because what I just described are all those 100 people, 200, maybe even a thousand. They're waiting in your MLS right now. They're called expired listings. Why wouldn't you hey. solicit those people? Why will not you call them? Why don't you go knock on their door? Why don't you just follow the coaching program that we've created for you to to go after that business? So some of you who are confused about the idea of being a proactive lead generator, a proactive lead generator is somebody who decides every single day what their activities are going to be, and they get better and better at their activities, knowing what to say and how to say it, to the point where they start getting consistent results, and they start taking a consistent number of listings. And the activities that you have to master are called learning sales skills, which is something that many of you, most of you, have been avoiding doing. And I don't think you've been avoiding doing it. Con- you've been avoiding doing it because no one's told you that. That's really the bottom line. Many of you, again, who've come into business for the last 10 or maybe even 15 years, if you were to go to a broker or an office manager, what would they tell you to do? Info marketing, buy leads. Join a team, start your own team, work on your brand, start on your social networking. That hype started like nine years ago. They're going to tell you to do all this different stuff, but they're not going to tell you to get really good at being, pro, being a proactive lead generator. Now, you have to ask yourself why. And, these, and guys, what we're doing is Julie and I are having a conversation that's summarizing a lot of the emails we've been getting lately. So why don't these people tell you about the proactive lead generation? And here's the bitter, hard truth because they never learned how to do it themselves. They didn't. They don't know how to do it. They never overcame their fear of actually having to uh, learn sales skills. They themselves stalled out in the evolution of their sales careers, and that's the reason that many of them decided to be office managers and do all these other types of things. And some of the Honestly, some of the most heartfelt calls I've had recently were those of you who have built these teams. You guys have joined these brokerages. And the brokerage then tells you, okay, the first thing you do is you do, you know, you uh, you buy a bunch of leads. Then once you have so many deals in contract, then you hire an assistant, and then you add another assistant, then you build a team, then then you do, da 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 da, and you just, you know, rinse, wash, repeat. And that's what you're told to do. Oh, now you have to buy leads from Tiger Leads. Oh, Tiger Leads is now owned by, you know, then you keep on doing the same thing over. Oh, now you have to do an expansion team. Now you have to add more buyer agents. Nobody ever slowed you down to say. Um, do you know how to make a profit? No one ever actually tapped you on the shoulder and said, do you realize the ramifications of adding those staff members? Do you understand that uh, you really should just be focusing primarily on being a listing agent? So here's the insanity of all of this. Some of you have now, and I think this is the reason we've been getting really an overwhelming (laughs) amount of positive feedback from the series of podcasts we've been doing, because you guys have realized that you've been lied to, but I think you've been lied to, and this is maybe me being a little generous, by people that didn't know they were lying to you because they never learned themselves. Julie, do you think I'm being overly generous?
1: No, I I think we have enough evidence to show that that's absolutely true. I mean, my favorite version of this is a newer agent where their office manager said, oh, you know, you just prospect long enough until you can afford to buy leads. That's just for yeah, new agent. Exactly. just do that so you can afford to do that. And I was like, that is the worst advice I've ever heard in my life. Why would you do that? It's like, here's what I want you to do. Beco- figure out how to be profitable on your own and then give it all away. <laughs> you know, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. So, no, I don't think, I, I don't think you're being too generous. I think you're being accurate that they don't know what they don't know. Um, because most people that are in that most of them, now there are certainly some great kick ass selling brokers out there that have a lot of experience. We were kind of raised by one in the beginning, all right? They exist, but by and large, I think these guys get really terrible advice about buying leads and, and what lead generation actually consists of, what it even right. is.
0: And, and so you, here's, but this is where the rubber meets the road ultimately, when you, when you just even maybe sort of barely emotionally connect with what we're saying right now, that your future success and your, or your lack of success to this point has been due to your unwillingness to actually make yourself uncomfortable. So what I'm about to tell you beyond this, and this is, I know, this is circling around what a lot of you have been emailing me about, you're tired of the bullshit. You're tired of being lied to. You're, you're realizing that the easy button stuff is just a bunch of scam artists trying to sell you snake oil. You know that now. And many of you, if you're new in the business or if you haven't realized what I'm saying is true, why don't you just, you know, there's an old probably Chinese proverb. I always say it's a Chinese proverb, but who knows? A smart man or woman learns from their mistakes. A a brilliant man or woman learns from the mistakes of others. Why don't you learn from the mistakes of others? And why don't you make a decision just to decide what is important to you and why you got into real estate? And so here's the real bottom line. You got into real estate because you wanted freedom. You got in real estate because you wanted freedom from having the financial monkey on your back. You wanted to have freedom of your control of your schedule. You wanted to have freedom from uh, the tyranny of maybe some sort of tyrannical boss or situation, all these types of emotional things. But ultimately what you really wanted is you wanted financial freedom. And how's that working out for you? Because what you've done, you essentially, most of you, get into this business not knowing anything about how to run a business, let alone a profitable one. And so you then fall prey to all these people that are supposedly these gurus in real estate who sell you all these easy button things. And the next thing you know, any sales um, you do make, all you have no profit left over because it goes for buying all the gimmicks that you paid for. That you know, and you're, This is a funny, true story. How many times, Julie, if we had calls where we're talking to somebody, and they're waiting for their social networking to work. They're waiting for their branding oh, yeah. to work. They're waiting. Because they just haven't it tweaked the it
1: the right way, right? That, that's exactly. the objection handler to when you call whoever was in charge of those ads for you. Don't they just say, well, we'll just tweak it a little bit more and try it again?
0: Yes, no. exactly. And then here's full circle. So you can take the time and learn how to be really good proactively, Jenner. That's what we do. And by the way, I'm going to make it easier on you guys. You should just download the Real Estate Treasure Map, and there's six other books we're going to give you. And you're also entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. Just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. And when you do, we're going to send you, we're going to text you back in the link, and you can download these six books. Real Estate Treasure Map is absolutely the one that people seem to love, and, and it essentially it brings sanity back to your lives. One of the things in the Real Estate Treasure Map that I want you to discover the first, the first thing, and, again, this is responding to about probably three or four of you who are asking me for a simple business plan. I can't make it any simpler than this. It's what, we, what Julie and I call, it's our copywritten um, it's, we call it the magic number formula, and I'm going to give it to you now, but it's described in great detail in the real estate Treasure map, but here it is. So listen, here is the path and the business plan that all of you guys should incorporate immediately that's going to immediately, as, after I describe this to you, your ego is going to want to say, Tim, that is not complicated enough. There are not enough moving parts. Why aren't there more staff? Where's my drip system? Where's my all this other thing? That's Watch what your reaction is after I describe this perfect business plan. Ready? Here it is. Every single one of you has a fixed personal overhead that you have to pay every month. Might be five thousand, might be seven thousand. There's a fixed amount of money that you have to personally come up with every single month. Now, that fixed amount of month, money that you have to come up with every single month is usually uh, commensurate or equal to about one commission. Now, if you're like with a, it depends on what your brokerage situation is, right? You might be. Uh, oh, way overpaying. Oh, by the way, those of you who are interested in learning more about EXP, EXP Realty, you guys know we're doing a lot of EXP uh, agent interviews. The David, who was supposed to be on today, was one of them. He's going to be on tomorrow. Uh, you need to talk with me about EXP, and here's the easy button for you. Just text me directly, 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206 if you want to talk to me. Um, about exp, because the fact is is a lot of you are massively overpaying in your commissions you don 't even know it so let 's get back to it here 's your magic number uh, formula let 's say you live in a market and i 'm going to keep the math easy where your average sale price is two hundred thousand dollars and your average commission is still six percent, and every time one of your listings sells, you make uh, six thousand dollars. Got it throw three percent times two hundred thousand is six thousand and let 's say your personal monthly overhead is roughly six thousand see i 'm making it super simple for you guys to understand that. So here's the thought. If you're in a situation where I just told you, you can essentially cover all your personal overhead by having one listing sell per month, what happens if you have how many listings do you have to have at all times in order for you to have a consistent uh, cash flow? So if you had, and it depends on your marketplace, but if you had five or six listings at all times, it's safe to assume. Now, there's variables, right? Can't be overpriced, can't be dirtbag houses, you know, things like that. But let's assume they're nice, normal-type houses. And let's say in your marketplace the average is 200000 If you had probably five of those, some of you would only be three, some of you would be four. We'd have to study your market, know how long your days in the market was and the absorption for houses in that price range and all that. But let's assume if you had five houses at all times and the average price was $200,000. It is very safe to assume. The hell or high water, snowstorm or tsunami, you're going to have at least one of those sell per month. That covers all your personal overhead. See what I just did? Now, let's say, for example, you decide you want to buy a new boat or you want to buy a new Bentley or let's say you decide you want to take your kids to Disney World. You want to take yourself to Disney World, doesn't matter, right? It's a fun place, I guess. So let's say that's your plan and you want to pay some stuff off. Maybe you want to buy a retirement house, but whatever, whatever. That then gets figured into the equation of your magic number formula, and then you adjust the number of listings you need at all times accordingly. This is it. So let's say, for example, we know I'm making all this up. We'd have to again, you'd have to download the real estate treasure map and figure this out for yourself. We went into great detail telling you how to do it. Just text the word Harris H A R R I S to 31996. Text the word Harris H A R R I S to 31996. So here's what you're now going to do let's say okay tim i got it i have to have five listings at all times in order to cover all my personal overhead that means guys you would have to learn how to get earn five listings at all times and then replace them as they sell i have coaching clients we've had many many coaching clients who take you know five six listings a week and their magic number might be twenty or the magic number might be thirty if you live in a super high you know very high-end uh, marketplace like a lot of our clients sale price area maybe your magic number formula is five or six but let's say maybe you decide you want to buy a house in, you know wherever a vacation house on the coast in hawaii well then we do the math again we figure out what your magic number formula is and then we increase the number of listings you have to have at all times so if we know five equals six thousand on average does that mean 10 will equal twelve? Probably. Does that mean fifteen will equal eighteen? Yeah. Does that mean twenty? Will you guys get it? You see what I'm doing? So we have to know all your statistics and we have to know how the math works in your individual marketplace. But what I just told you was a pathway to sanity and being able to build cash flow. Here's what I prescribe for all of you. And a lot of you got this exact answer when you emailed me. Here's the suggestion. Figure out what your magic number formula is. Use our real estate treasure map. Figure out what your number is. Many of you, it's going to be smaller than you think. And then, if you're wanting to pay stuff off, if you're wanting to, you know, and again, increase the quality of your life, buy a new house, whatever, adjust the number of listings you need at all times accordingly. Just increase it, that's all. Or maybe you get to a point where all your shit's paid off and you're living the life of Riley and you're good. You're, you're like, okay, I don't want to have, I don't need. 10000 a month anymore. Now all I need is five. Well, then maybe we can adjust the magic number down. That's it. You don't need buyer agents. Tim, what do I do with my buyer leads? Keep the really good ones that want to buy your listings and refer the other ones off to independent agents in your marketplace. You'll make more money by referring them off. Obviously, I want you to pre-qualify them first and pull out all the listings, but if they're just straight-up buyers, refer them off. Charge 35%. Agents will pay it. They're paying that to zero now. Did you know that? Yep, 35% referral fees, relocation level extortion for agents that are too lazy to go after their own business. That's what that's all about. You're not like that. You're going to learn how to become a listing agent. That's what we do. That's what our coaching company does. We're the only one that focuses primarily on that, and the backbone is this magic number formula that I just gave you. Now, I've had these conversations, fun conversations with people. that have their houses paid off. (laughs) You know, they maybe have got a million dollars saved. They're good. They're financially sound. There's, it would take an alien invasion for them to become financially unsettled, but they want to have... Different life, a better quality life. They want to really start dreaming. They want to go to the next level. A lot of the people I talk to in that position are in their 50s. They might be in their 60s. And so then we get to have fun. We get to revisit the things that they wanted to do in their 20s that never did. They want to know what it's going to cost to spend a a month in Paris. They want to know what it's like to whatever it is that their fantasies are. That's when we go and revisit the magic number formula. Now, That's as simple and as complicated as your real estate business plan needs to be. Why do you believe all this other bullshit with what I just said being so obviously true? Here's the reason why. A, you've had bad advisors, bad coaches. You've listened to people that didn't know. This is me being generous. B, it's because you don't want to learn how to be a kick-ass listing agent. You don't want to learn how to to proactively lead generate. You don't want to do the work. That's why. It's one of those two things. You've been misinformed and lied to, there's that, highly likely, but then once you know the truth, and I just told it to you, you cannot argue with what I just said, making perfect sense, then what? You are responsible for becoming the best version of yourself as a listing agent. That's where the work comes in, and you're addicted to buying buyer leads. You've never moved past your fear of actually having to learn sales skills. No one's ever told you what we're telling you. I know we are only preaching to a minority of the agents out there, but the ones we're preaching to will be in business in 10 years, and they'll be rich. They won't be the ones that just come in and out and get fleeced by these you know, fairy tales, and then they're out of the business in 24 to 36 months wondering what the hell happened to their money. What I'm telling you guys is something I'm hoping you're going to take seriously so that you can avoid the pain. Look around your office. Who are the agents making the money? They're not the big ego agents. Oh, they might be doing the transactions. They might be getting the awards and the plaques. But they're not the one with the profit. They're not the one with the, you know, 30 or 40 rental properties paid off. They're not the ones that quietly sneak out the door in August and don't come back until, like, November because they were going on a hiking tour of Italy. They don't talk about it. They don't brag about it. They just keep their heads down. They do the work. How big does your team have to be? There's another question I interesting that I get consistently. Here it is. Ready? You have to have probably to do up to about 200 to 250 listing sites per year you have to probably have one or one-and-a-half assistants. One has to be a transaction coordinator, and you need somebody else to basically service the sellers, signs, lockboxes, crap like that. You might then have a contractor that's taking pictures and doing things of that nature, but as far as on-staff people that give you a set fixed amounts to have to pay out every single month, whether household or not, you want to keep that at a minimum, otherwise it will eat your profit. I had some smart people ask me what the acceptable profit margin should be on a real estate practitioner's business. That's what you are for the most part, and the answer is at least 90%. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? But it's true, and that's before taxes. That's after business expenses. You listening to me, guys? Why did you get in the business? What happened to those original intents? Julie, what are you thinking?
1: <laughs> well, I, I just, whenever you're talking about all these scenarios, I have all of your coaching calls running through my head, all of my coaching calls, uh, the coaches' coaching calls, of all the examples of people who believed in spinning up the team model, but then they had the aha moment, sometimes forced upon them by a situation, that, God, there, there really was not that much left, even though on the surface – it looked like they were lighting the world on fire, and they're expanding, and everything's great, and they've got the biggest office. they got all these signs out there. they're running the machine. I remember when you and I realized that when we were on that path of cranking that up to do you know two hundred plus maybe we want to go to three hundred plus this year, and we spoke to somebody Atlanta. she's talking to, units, in Atlanta, guys. She's
0: talk, units she's talking yes, units. units, yeah,
1: right. And we spoke to somebody, and right. he's in Atlanta, okay, who had, I think at the time, 22 people on his team. And his uh, GCI was $3 million, and he told us that his net was under 300000 That's the reverse he away, of what you way. just said. Really? I didn't Did know, you know that. He,
0: yeah, he know. passed away. No. Yeah. I know who you're yeah. talking about. Well, that, yeah. But that's, I, this but that's is how, the reverse. That was he back... was
1: keeping 10%, not keeping the 90%.
0: Here's, But, Julie, I told you about this call I had the other day. I was talking with a guy mm-hmm. that was on a team on an expansion team, and I won't mention his name because I know he's a show listener, and the total GCI, so he was running an expansion office. There was another one, and then there was this main office. So the total GCI into the three, let's call them entities, even though legally there was only one, was $3 million a year. Well, his team leader, uh, I mean, the guy, honestly, I was impressed by what this guy was telling me about his team leader. He was being totally honest. He told him from the $3 million, he said his personal net was less than $200,000 a year. Now, how can that possibly be true? By the way, the guy Julie was just talking about that we knew in Florida was named, or Atlanta's name was Zach. So how do we know? I've got to what, jump on PC,
1: how, so I'm turning it over to you. No problem.
0: No problem. Because here's what's happened. And so when this conversation happened with uh, Zach in Atlanta, that was back in the 90s, okay? So this team bullshit and all this spending money, buying leads stuff has been around one form or another for like, dude, 30 years, maybe more. It's not new, okay? It's been proven not to work countless times. Proven to work to generate leads that basically result in no profit. Yep, it's always been true. Julie just gave an example from probably 98, 99 when we had that conversation. Here's a conversation that happened just recently. He told me, I told you, $3 million equals less than $200,000. So what's changed? The commissions have gone down. That's true for most markets. It went down in the last recession. They never really came up in most of the country. But here's the other thing that's changed. The team leaders and these brokers are all spending so much money on buying leads. Back when Zach was doing this, the example she gave you, there weren't that many ways to buy leads. This was pre – The com was around – but Zillow wasn't, okay? So when Zillow came around, they started selling leads to buyer, a buyer leads to you guys. Then billions of other companies started doing the same thing in different forms. So what has happened is the profit that someone running a team makes, the actual before-tax profit, has gone to absolute shit. From the commissions being eroded, there's agents you know, demanding more commission, and then there's the obvious one, too, that they're spending so much on the overhead of the business, specifically buying leads, this is what's happened to these real estate teams, and a lot of these people are so married to the effort that they put in, and I totally and completely sympathize with them and understand and appreciate the blood, sweat, and tears they put into doing it, and I totally and completely, and I tell them this when I, when I talk to you guys, I feel sorry for you, but you're talking to us and you're listening to this podcast because this is your intervention. Maybe that was the whole point of you listening today. Here's what happens. When the market changes, when you have three or four key people quit, when your main buyer lead buying source decides to stick it to you, and that's what's happening with Zillow. We need to talk about there's a, you know, the revision of the premier program. The essence of it is they're going to choose the handful of agents, and those agents are going to pay them 35%. Okay? All of you who have built these businesses predicated on buying leads, and you've never learned how to actually do it the real way, what's going to happen when the market slows down, when interest rates increase. You've never sold real estate in anything other than a buoyant seller's market, 99% of you. You've never actually sold real estate where prices were falling. You've never sold real estate where it it was actually a real buyer's market. My friends in New York, you know what I'm talking about. L.A., you're experiencing it. Orange County, I know what you're going through. Miami, I feel you. The rest of you, you have no idea, but you're going to start – And if you're stuck with all this big expense because you thought that was the way you were supposed to build your real estate business, you need to come to terms with your ego. Because at the end of the day, you did that because it made you feel good because of the way you thought people looked at you because your name was on the sign. Now you're realizing it didn't produce any profit. Your actual potential is being co-opted by somebody else's best interests. In other words, you've given up what's best for you. And you've sacrificed what was best for you and your family and your loved ones in pursuit of a dream that somebody else told you is the one you should be pursuing. The team, the brokerage, the this, the other thing. You guys understand what I'm saying? Oh, you are not going to ever be successful in real estate unless you become the brand. Oh, you need to be a a celebrity on social networking. Oh, if you want to become a luxury agent, you better start increasing the amount of Facebook ads you do. And here's a 14 different way. Why don't you just download the list of people that are publicly available and learn how to actually solicit them directly? Why don't you do it? Because nobody else is doing it? Good. Less competition. Guys get the point? You understand? When I'm telling you is the truth. You know it's the truth. Please do something with this because when the market changes, it generally speaking it changes big time. Some of you are experiencing that right now. A lot of you are. And it changes fast and it's scary. Oh Tim, I, I'm good. I got my I got my some, some uh, you know, steaks in the freezer. Well, okay, I hope you have enough sticks in the freezer for, like, to support your personal and your business overhead for like six months to a year because usually when things go into full reset, that's what it, how long it takes for the, uh, the market to kind of level out. You know, you really want to experience that? You want to go through that? You don't, do you? Why don't you do the smart thing? Seriously, check your ego and your, the business decisions you've made. And here's something I, uh, again, don't know where I heard this, but it's so true. There's a difference between quitting and quitting while you're ahead. A lot of you, I suppose maybe a, park, a poker player would have thought of that. A lot of you guys can quit now, realize that it's not what you thought it was going to be. The profit is not there. With the decisions you've made, predicated based on bad information that you've received over the last 10 or 15 years, and you can do something about it, and you're not under a bunch of financial stress right now. If you wait, maybe even a month or six months, it could all change. Please take this seriously. I'm not trying to scare you, I'm only trying to help you. If you guys need me for anything, you can text me at 512. 512- Seven five eight zero two zero six five one two seven five eight zero two zero six. 206 Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows, and until next time, Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.